Good morning. Our first song this morning will be number 116. Number 116. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light. It streams from the hills, it descends to the plain, and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Frail children of dust and feeble as frail, in thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercies, how tender, how firm to the end. Our Maker, Defender, Redeemer, and Friend. Good morning. We want to welcome everyone to our service today. We want you to know that you're our honored guest, and we invite you to worship with us as often as you can, whether in person or by live stream. If you're visiting with us, we'd ask that you'd fill in an attendance card, place it in the collection plate when it comes around, so we would have a record of your attendance. We want to remind everyone of our scheduled uh, times of services. They are 9.30 a.m. for Sunday morning Bible study, 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship, 5 p.m. Sunday evening worship, and 7 p.m. we have a Wednesday evening Bible study. I want to give congratulations to Ricky and Becca Lacombe, the proud parents of a sweet boy, Carter Richard, who arrived January 12th weighing 8 pounds, 10 ounces. I want to also congratulate Tyler and Madison Wallace, the proud parents of a beautiful baby girl, Josephine Michael, who was born January 16th and weighs 8 pounds, 1 ounces. Also, congratulations to Matthew and Alexis Hensley, who are the proud parents of a precious son, Waylon Reed, on January 17th, who weighed eight pounds, uh, 7 pounds, 11 ounces. Congratulations to all of them. There's a sign-up list for hosts for our youth activities in 2023 on the Youth Bulletin Board. The Secret Sister Reveal Luncheon is today in the Fellowship Hall following morning service. Our calendar planning meeting is today at 6 p.m. following evening service. If you are unable to attend, please let Brian Albright know of anything you wish to be placed on the calendar for 2023. The young men will be conducting the evening service Sunday, January 29th. Please meet with Tom Payne if you are interested in, in participating immediately following morning worship today in room one. The Picking and Ribs fundraiser for Lylewood Christian Camp is Saturday, March 4th at 6 p.m. at Trenton Crossing Church of Christ. There's a flyer in the bulletin board for more information, 
And for tickets, you can see Noah Eastland or Dale Murray. That's all the announcements that I have. Now we'll have our reading. Sorry, John. <laughs> I have a couple of announcements I've been asked to read. These are thank you notes from people that we have reached out to, and I wanted to share both of these. Yesterday, I got a message from B.J. Young. You're uh, familiar with Bill's stroke and recovery. Uh, B.J. and Bill received another check from Stroudsville, and she just wanted to send this note to you. Thank you for everyone's continued generosity. We recently hit the six-month mark of Bill's stroke, and we're so thankful to God how far he has come. Our bathroom has also been completed. Bill has been home three weeks, continues to improve all the time, receiving therapy four days a week, and me fussing at him. That'll motivate him. At some point, (laughs) we are going to practice transferring him to the car so we can attend church in person. Thank you all again. I wish I knew how to express how grateful we are for our church family. That's from Bill and BJ. And I just want to say thank you to the church. God bless you guys for doing such a wonderful job. I've got another letter that I was sent this morning. This is from Eve Helm. And, uh, you know, they lost their adopted son, a brother to the, to the family, and uh, his funeral was yesterday. So Eve writes, to my Stroudsville family, the love of Christ poured out upon my family this weekend as I witnessed my friends being the hands and feet of Jesus. Words truly are empty when I try to find the words to express mine in my family's gratitude for the love of the selfless serving people of this congregation. In a time when we didn't even know which way to turn, we had sisters from Stroudsville gently guiding our direction. Almost immediately, Joanne reached out asking if she and others could serve us by taking charge of the meal to follow the services when we laid my brother to rest. When I contacted my mother, she asked Eve, did you call and ask them to do this? When I explained my conversation with Joanne, she continued asking, how could those people be so kind to me when I haven't attended in years? She has talked about it and told everyone over the last two days. Stroudsville is such a special place, filled with such special people. If you don't believe it, step away for a while. I'll just say it's good to be home. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to those that prepared food, to those that served us and cleaned up an enormous mess, to those that called, sent messages, gave hugs, words of comfort, etc. Most of all, thank you to those that gave comfort to my parents. I know life is busy and everyone had things they could have been doing, yet you served us. May God bless you all. In Christian love, Eve. And again, I just want to say thank you, church. You're doing a good job. And keep it up. <clears throat> this morning I'll be reading from Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8, and I'll be reading from the NIV. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge.
Our next song this morning will be number 646. Number 646. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea Thank you for this day and thank you for all the many blessings you've given us. 
Thank you for allowing us to be able to come together and worship you. We pray that everything we do here is pleasing in your sight. We pray that you'll be with Brother Tom as he presents a lesson from your word and that we can take something from you and apply it to our everyday walks of life. Just please be with all those that are sick and that couldn't be here this morning. And it's through your precious son that we pray. Amen. Our next song will be number 176. Number 176. We'll sing this song to prepare our minds for uh, the Lord's Supper. Why did my Savior come to earth and to the humble go? Why did he choose a lowly birth? Because he loved me so. life for me, for me, because he loved me so. Why did he drink the bitter cup of sorrow, pain, and woe? Why on the cross be lifted for me, for me, because he loved me so. Till Jesus comes, I'll sing his praise, and then to glory go. So we read in Matthew chapter 26 during the Last Supper that Jesus had them eat uh, unleavened bread and drink the fruit of the vine. And he said to 
do this in remembrance of me. But what exactly are we remembering? And that's what I want to talk about for just a minute. So, firstly, the bread. It represents the body of Christ. And although we typically think of that exclusively regarding the crucifixion, it also means the body of Christ the entire time that he was on this earth, the entire incarnation. Jesus came from heaven, where everything was perfect, to experience the human condition in all of its physical forms. He was born of a woman. He grew up as a child. He experienced adolescence. He became a carpenter. He most likely had splinters in his hands. He probably stubbed his toe a time or two. He touched people with his hands to heal them. He hugged people that he loved and embraced them. He shed real tears when people he loved passed away. He shed real blood. He also felt the flog that hit his back repeatedly that tore open his flesh in physical form. He felt the nails that went through his wrists. And he felt his lungs collapse after hours of agonizing pain on the cross. This is the body that we're commemorating, the physical incarnation of God himself. And this is what we are to remember and why he came uh, to the earth. It's because he loved us and he wanted to show us that we can overcome this life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the mission that you had from the start to come to this earth in physical form, to give up your body, uh, to die on the cross so that you could be raised again and to save us from our sins. We pray, Lord, that as we take this bread, we remember your body and the things you did on this earth. We pray that we keep that memory with us, not just now, but at all times, and let it guide us. In Jesus' name, amen.
In like manner, we are also to remember the blood of Christ. So why did Christ have to shed his own blood? Because the wages of sin is death. And there is no escape from death without the blood of Christ. In the Old Testament, the blood of animals was shed to cover the sins, but it did not erase them, and they weren't forgiven. The significance of the blood of Christ is that he was perfect in every way, and when he shed his blood, it once and for all erased those sins, past, present, and future, so long as we are able to come into contact with that blood and live a faithful life. That's the blood that we are to remember uh, in this communion, the blood that he shed on the cross that cleanses us from our sins. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the mission you had to come to this earth to shed your blood so that we might be free of our sins. I pray that we remember the blood that you shed and the pain you went through so that we might have eternal life. Help us to remember, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Separate from the Lord's Supper, every Sunday we are commanded to give of our means, and let us pray as we do that. 
Lord, we thank you for all of the many blessings you give us in this world. We're blessed beyond what we can fathom most of the time, and we have things we can give. I pray that whatever is given today will be used for the betterment of your gospel, for the church, and for the mission of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to mark our invitation song this morning, it'll be number 616. 616. Now before the lesson, let's all stand together and sing The Battle Belongs to the Lord. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land, the battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand, the battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. The power of darkness comes in like a flood. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a standard, the power of his blood. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. When your enemy presses in hard, do not fear, the battle belongs to the Lord. Take courage, my friend, your redemption is near, the battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. Please be seated.
for me. Testing, testing. Oh, good. All right. It's good to see all of you today, and we're continuing a lesson series called God's Great Nature. Before I get into the lesson today, I wanted to remind our young men we'll be doing a service at the end of January. Our young men will be conducting that service, and so I'm going to ask them to help me pick a theme, and we'll make assignments and and get that ball rolling for our last Sunday night in January. God's great nature. We talked about God's great nature and the fact that he is the creator of all beauty, beauty around us, and you can go to parts of the United States and just see incredible handiwork of God all over the mountains and the streams and beautiful forest. But yet we're not focusing as much in this lesson series on his beauty of the creation, but his nature itself, that is the characteristic, uh, what makes God who he is. And in Exodus fifteen eleven, we start off each lesson on our lesson series from the song of Moses just after they crossed through the Red Sea. Who like you, O Lord? Who is like you among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? The answer is there is no one like the God that we serve. He is truly, truly incredible. Here are the attributes of the characteristics that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. We looked at the fact that God has always existed. He is a spirit being. He's sovereign, holy. We talked about the three omnis, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, that he's immutable. He never changes. He's a God of all truth, and he's a wise God. Then we looked last week at his goodness, and today we'll be looking at a God who is full of grace. So we'll talk about grace today. How do we know grace when we see it? How can we express grace ourselves? He's a God of love, foreknowledge, and then our last lesson will be a God of righteousness and also a God of wrath. Let's talk a minute about grace. What is grace? Many times you hear the word grace equated with gift, and that's true. It is a gift, As you look at the Greek word, uh, the Greek word is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, which means favor, blessing, or kindness. So I want you to think of as something given to you, something good that you probably don't deserve, you certainly have not earned, but you've been given this incredible gift by God. I want to start out today making a comparison between mercy and grace. Are they the same thing? What's the difference between mercy and grace? So I'm going to try uh, in this time that we have to explain briefly a comparison. Now, according to a website where I went to this uh, subject of grace, they they made a comparison. I wanted to share it. it. It's that God shows both mercy and grace to us. And I appreciated Will's communion meditation. I thought he did a good job of of drawing our minds to the cross where we see this great gift bestowed upon us. But, well, in the cross, we see both mercy and grace. And so I want to try to explain that to help you understand a little bit how did those two compare. So they're not the same. Mercy, basically, think of mercy as you owe a tremendous debt. You remember the parable of the two debtors in the Bible? We've talked about that on our Wednesday night parable study. The king forgave the debt of the man who owed him an incredible amount of money that he could not repay in in several lifetimes. He he released him 
from his debt rather than throwing him in debtor's prison. What is that? Is that grace? No, that's mercy. Because mercy, you see, withholds a punishment we deserve. So think of this man that that owed the king a great deal of money, and the king said, I forgive your debt. Unfortunately, the same man that went out and tried to collect a small amount of money that was owed to him dragged this guy into, into debtor's prison, and when it got back to the king, the king said, I unforgive your debt. Now you owe it to me. And so this man, the two debtors, did not show mercy. Now, that's mercy, but what is grace? See, grace goes beyond mercy. Not only does God show mercy by not impugning upon us uh, a horrible death that we deserve on the cross, he said, I want to give you my son, Jesus Christ, instead. And then when you receive this incredible gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, and I want to continue to bless you. I'm going to usher into your life my presence through the Holy Spirit. I want to give you the hope of eternal life. I want to give you true joy, not as the world gives you, but joy from above, wisdom from above. And so that's really what grace is. So let me read this again. Mercy withholds a punishment that we deserve, i.e., we didn't die on the cross. That was very merciful of God. However, he went further, and grace gives a blessing we don't deserve. He gives us a wonderful life, wonderful promises that will carry us into eternity far beyond the existence we have on this earth. It's hard for me to comprehend how beautiful heaven must be, but yet it's there. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that heaven awaits faithful Christians? I'm excited. My dad, as he, was, as he was drifting further and further away from this earth and growing close to death, grew excited because he knew the wonderful gift and the grace God had bestowed upon him, and he was waiting for heaven. So, uh, well, as you pointed our minds to the cross today, I want to focus your minds on the cross and talk a little about grace and mercy compared. First of all, the cross, as it represents in our minds a symbol of great mercy, it's God's punishment for all sin. So I have a picture up on that left hand of the screen there of a cross. What does it represent to all Christians? Basically, we have to recall that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are sinners. Because we've broken God's law, we're covenant breakers, we deserve to die. The death penalty is upon each and every one of us. So I want you to visualize that cross and you on it. You see, the Romans had a wonderful way of killing people. It, was, it took days. They, it was excruciating pain, incredible. They had invented a, a, a way of punishing people and making a statement. You don't want to cross the Romans. You don't want to break a law or we'll crucify you. Jesus took that cross for me. It should have been me. And so we see great mercy. The, the, the punishment for all sin is on the cross, and it wasn't me who died on it. It wasn't you, but it was Jesus instead. That's mercy. Tremendous mercy on the cross. Now let's keep talking about the cross. You see, for faithful disciples, for Christians, those who wear the name Christ, and this is important, 
You might want to make a note if you're taking notes today. We obey the gospel to receive his great blessings of grace. That is a condition. God says, if you want to receive this gift of salvation, if you want to receive the blessings you've inherited by being covered by the blood of Jesus, you must obey the gospel. Now, if you're listening to my words today, or maybe you're listening through live stream or YouTube, you haven't obeyed the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection, all carried out through water baptism. We need to talk. Because you might think you're saved. You may say, God loves me. That's true. God has blessed me, probably. But if you haven't obeyed the gospel, listen carefully, you cannot receive the gift of salvation. It's that simple. The Bible tells us we must teach the gospel. We go out through the whole world and teach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, how is grace bestowed upon us? It's bestowed upon us. God offers this gift. He, etern- he offers eternal life in heaven and the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's grace. But it's received. God put a condition upon receiving this gift by believing and confessing and obeying the gospel. It's a very biblical concept, and one would be happy to study with you in more detail, but don't miss out on obeying the gospel. This is how God ushers the blessing, the gift into our life. Now I want to share with you some scriptures about the cross, Titus 3 and 5. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Titus 3.5 basically says that God did save us, not based on something that we've done. This was a free gift given to us, conditioned upon us obeying the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So according to his own mercy, he did all of these things. However, here's the grace Washing of generation, renewal of the Holy Spirit. These things are ushered into our life through his grace. These are blessings that we receive. After having received mercy, then he gives us grace, abundant grace. 2 Corinthians 5.21. We're still looking at the cross and focusing on how God has blessed us. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin. So, He is God the Father, made him, that is Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, God who literally came and walked among us. The Father said to the Son, I want you to walk among mankind, and then I want you to take on the sin of the world. He was perfect. He didn't deserve to die. The only perfect human being that's ever lived, the only human being that kept the law of Moses perfectly. But yet, Jesus Christ came, just as Will told us earlier. He died for us. He took on our sin on the cross. He suffered for my shame and my sin on the cross. Why? So that in him, that is in Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. If you're outside of Christ, if you've never obeyed the gospel, if you've never been covered in the blood of Jesus, then you have not received the blessings of the grace of God. 
And we want you to do that today. We're going to have an invitation song in just a moment. We encourage you to come and say, I want to study more. I want to learn more about how to receive this free gift from God. Does God have conditions on how I receive it? The answer is yes. He says, obey the gospel. And we're not ashamed of the gospel because it's great news. It's wonderful news. So Jesus became sin. The perfect died for the imperfect. So we could become righteous. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. Continuing in this theme of the cross, and Will pointed out as his hands uh, were nailed to the cross, as these large spikes went through his wrist or his hands, as his feet were pierced and he hung on the cross, we see blood, church. We have to see blood. Jesus gave his blood for us. Why is that important? In him, that is in Jesus Christ, we have redemption. What does that mean? The price has been paid for my sin. Not anything I did. I didn't earn salvation. I didn't, I didn't check off enough good things to go to heaven. There is no way. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. How is that possible? I've been redeemed. How? Through his blood. Blood means everything. It's always been kind of ironic because in crime scenes, if any of y'all watch those shows on TV, right? There's a gruesome murder, knives or guns are involved, there's blood everywhere, you're like, oh, that's nasty. Except in one case, the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. That blood is beautiful. It is the only thing in the world, church, that will take away sin. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been cleansed? Have you been redeemed? If you're not sure, do something about it today because it's the greatest offer that has ever been made to mankind. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, God offers forgiveness according to the riches of His grace. You see, that blood not only paid the price for my sin, but it's a gift that affords me eternal life. Not on anything that I've done, but the great blessing of God, and that is grace. I don't know how to describe grace any more clear than Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. So I want to challenge you to think for just a few minutes about grace. If grace is in fact a gift, then many gifts have been offered to us if we are obedient children. I want to start out first of all, grace is given to me because it takes away my sin. The blood of Jesus washes away my sin. It doesn't matter if you've been an alcoholic, a drug addict, a prostitute. If you've done time in the federal pen, it doesn't matter because if you're covered in the blood of Jesus, then your sins have been washed away. That's incredible. I think some of the best evangelists in the church Some of those most excited about salvation are the ones that have been there. You know what I'm saying? You ever run into one of those? They can't quit telling you how much they love God because they tell you how much God has done for them. Oh, you should have known me back then, they said. Whoo, I was on the wrong side of the law. I was not a nice person. 
But God took me and he cleaned me up and he made me his child and he loved me and he promised me eternal life. This is a person who's excited about what Jesus has done. And church, should we not all be excited about what Jesus has done for us? Are we ashamed? Are we timid? Are we shy about telling people about Jesus Christ? We shouldn't be. Another benefit of the grace God has given us is the fact that there are other people who have also walked through the blood of Jesus and are now cleansed and pure and holy, and they have the same goals and ambitions and desires. I found one of those and I married her, right? Made my life so much better because we're equally yoked. We love one another. We want to please God. And God says, if you want to have a good marriage, then you yield yourself up in submission to the other person and focus on me. And in so doing, you'll have a good marriage. He didn't say it'd be great all the time. He didn't say you'd be happy all the time. And there's times where husbands have to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. And the wife says, I'll think about it. I'll get back to you, right? We have to say, look, I'm flawed. And if there's anything bad that you see in me, that's the old me. But if there's anything good you see, that's God who's working on me all the time. And I'm trying to be more like Jesus. And I found a wife who's trying to be more like Jesus. And I found fellow Christians that are trying to be more like Jesus. Are we perfect? No. But we are covered in the blood. And that takes our sin away. And it gives us hope. Hope of an eternal life. And there are times in our lives when we're burdened with grief or depressed or we're stressed or sad and somehow God injects into us his Holy Spirit. You see, that's a gift from God. That's his grace expressed by him saying, let me live in you. Let me dwell in you and control you and give you true joy. Let me give you peace, peace that the world can't even understand. Let me give you a hope of eternal life. Let me give you confidence to tell others about what I've done for you. You see, when Jesus gets inside, he transforms our whole being. And that's what the grace of God does in us. There's so many gifts. I could go on and on about the gifts. What I've opted to do is I want to sing a song. I think most of you know it. It's called, His Grace Reaches Me. And so I've asked that you join with me as we sing this. Deeper than the ocean and wider than the sea Is the grace of the Savior for sinners like me Sent from the Father and it thrills my soul Just to feel and to know that his blood makes me whole. His grace reaches me. Yes, his grace reaches me and will last through eternity. Now I'm under his control and I'm happy in my soul just to know that his grace reaches
reaches me higher than the mountains and brighter than the sun it was offered at Calvary for everyone greatest of treasures and it's mine today though my sins were as scarlet he has washed them away his grace reaches me yes his grace reaches me and will last through eternity now I'm under his control and I'm happy in my soul just to know that his grace reaches me Amen. His grace reaches me. How can we comprehend how great the grace of God is? I guess my question today as we bring this lesson to a close, you heard very briefly about mercy and grace, but does it really thrill your soul when you sing about it? Do you get excited enough to tell others? Or maybe you've lapsed into complacency, or you're going through the motions of Christianity and coming to church. You know it's the right thing to do, but maybe your life is not reflecting the image of Jesus. Maybe you're not being led by the Spirit. Maybe you're not manifesting the fruits of your Spirit in your life. Please don't go through your life wearing the mask of Christianity. Let God transform you from the inside out. And I want to challenge you, each and every one of you, to tell somebody about Jesus this year. Lead someone into a Bible study. If you can't do the Bible study, call me. I'd be thrilled to come into your home or meet and talk about the gospel. Because it's the gospel that saves us. It talks about the blood of Jesus the grace of the Lord. And so I want you to be thrilled today. I want you to be legitimate in your joy about salvation and what God has done for you. How can we comprehend grace? It's hard. It's hard. We talked about uh, mercy and grace today in summary, and, and they're similar but not identical. God bestowed both upon us when we see the cross of Christ. And I'm so thankful that in his infinite wisdom, God said, each Lord's Day when you come together, this first day of the week, come together and talk about what I have done for you on the cross. It is life-changing. It has given you the hope of eternal life. And so know that the Lord's Supper is so, so important. Because Jesus shed his blood for us, we can rejoice in the grace that God has afforded us. It is a wonderful gift. It's too difficult to comprehend sometimes the impact that it's made on our life. As we sang, it's deeper than the ocean and wider than the sea. But yet his grace reaches me. He chose to love me despite my flaws and my imperfections. And he said, if you'll receive this gift through the blood of my son, all I ask 
is that you go out and tell others and let them see Jesus in you. That's your challenge, church. It's simple. Those are the marching orders the Lord has given us. We're going to offer an invitation song, and if there's something that touched your heart today, if it's time to quit playing church and be real and live the Christian life, we want you to ask how, how we can help you, lead you in a study, or help you repent, confess sin, whatever that need may be. The invitation is yours. We're going to ask Jesse to lead us in song. Let's stand together. Stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Souls in danger look above, Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, billows his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. Nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Our closing song this morning will be number 613. 613. Following this song, we'll be dismissed in prayer. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Now I've a hope that will surely endure. 
After the passing of time, I have a future in heaven for sure. There in those mansions sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believed. Riches eternal and blessings supernal from his precious hand I received. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Let us go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father, we thank you for the lesson that we had this morning on grace and mercy. Father, we ask that we'll take that lesson and that we'll understand deep in our hearts that it's because of that grace and that mercy that we can stand up and be clean. And we know that. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son on the cross that we can have that, Father. But we ask more than anything that we'll take that as we depart, this group of believers, that as we depart, we'll take that grace and that mercy and spread it to the world. That not only will we tell them about the grace and mercy that you have, but we will show mercy in our own lives to those that are debtors to us. Because, Lord, we know that we're debtors to you, but you were gracious and mercy to forgive it. Father, be with us as we go through the week that we will live the Christian lives and be the Christians we need to be. And be with those of the congregation that are needing help. And, Father, we thank you for it all. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.